Rambo said yesterday that um, at some point while you're in hospitals that he was going to beat your butt. That wasn't the word that he used, but did you have any response for that? In golf? <laughs> I think he, I think he meant on the football field. <laughs> well, I'm sure there'll come a day, you know. Let's go right here in the middle of the damn field. Let's bring it down, take it on three. Hell yeah! Because this is our house from now on. Yes, sir. Take it on three. One, two, three. Seven. But I'm going to tell you this. We ain't done yet. i got to ask you about the message on your shirt. Uh, my favorite holiday of the year, I guess. And, you know, so... Just, um, someone gave me a shirt and Merry Christmas, they spelled it wrong, so, you know, it was free. Coach, it's a great day for you, huh? That's a, yeah, it's better than average, I'll tell you that. <laughs> that, that <laughs> we played LSU because, you know, New England, Green Bay, and the Chiefs uh, <laughs> had somebody scheduled. You know what we're going to do, though? We've got to quickly call the Hogs for the race back. Yep. <laughs> the fact you're dressed as Darth Vader, do you feel like you were somewhat of a villain in this fight? I mean, you charged out on the field pretty hard. I was trying to get our players off the field, you know, because I know we have a big game next week. All I want to do is fucking eat. I want you to eat. I want you to eat. I want you to want this shit. Do you want it? Do you want it? Show me. Oh, welcome in to the latest episode of that. SEC Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And I'm joined, as always, by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? <laughs> hey, buddy, what's going on? Hey, doing good, brother. Just got done watching this SEC schedule release. Come to find out Tennessee... Afraid to play army. That's where things are at these days. How you doing, brother? <laughs> Mike, that's that's best news I heard today, man. Uh, I was I was a little worried about those uh, those knots coming in and smoking us next year. So <laughs> I, I think this is a smart move. Pay them, get them out of here. You get somebody else on the schedule. We need guaranteed wins right now, Mike. Uh, you know, I, I think that's what they're going to need next year as well. And uh, to boost some of that momentum. So this was a smart move. But there was some also other, I guess, a couple other interesting uh, matchups that they released as well. Yeah, so uh, let me break those down here. I'll throw them up on the YouTube page if you're watching video. But uh, week one, some marquee games here. Some games I really like, Shane. How about this one? Mm -hmm. And, of course, this is uh, Saturday, September 3rd, 2022. Cincinnati Mm -hmm. at Arkansas. You know, Cincinnati's been pretty mm. solid here. Yeah. Uh, Utah at Florida. That's an interesting okay. game. Memphis at Mississippi State. Revenge game right there. <laughs> now, here are the two big ones. LSU versus Florida State in New Orleans. Mm. Of course, that'll be a Sunday game. And then okay. Georgia, Oregon in Atlanta. Ooh. Oh, how about that one? <laughs> Oh baby, man! I'm telling you, these these guys potentially could meet in the playoffs right now. So yeah, I like this matchup. I don't like the neutral field, but at least the New Orleans game. I mean, that's going to be kind of like a home game. But yeah, other than that, man, that sounds. I, I really like that matchup. And then here are the other Week One games. The rest are cupcakes here, so I'll just go through them real quick. Utah State at Alabama. 
Miami, mm-hmm. not the good Miami, but Miami of Ohio <laughs> at, at Kentucky. Troy at wish, LSU. Wish list Miami. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Missouri at Middle Tennessee State. Georgia mm-hmm. State at South Carolina. Ball State at Tennessee. Mm. Sam Houston State at Texas A&M. Elon, wherever the hell that is, at Vanderbilt. And then Mercer at Auburn. So that rounds out the week one schedule. Well, I fell asleep there at the end, Mike. So uh, <laughs> I think we found our noon games. <laughs> now things uh, really start getting interesting here. Week two of the season, Shane. Man, uh, SEC games already here. Kentucky at Florida, week two of the season. Mm. That'll be a good one. South oh, Carolina yeah. at Arkansas. I like that. Come uh, on now. And then will this be a conference game? We'll have to wait and see. Alabama at mm. Texas. <laughs> oh, Sarkeesian, you just thought you were getting away from Nick Saban. <laughs> Tennessee at Pitt, a little revenge factor there. Mm-hmm. How about this one? Mississippi State at Arizona and Missouri. Hey, let me ask you. Uh huh. Let me. I, I hate to rush through this, Mike, but over under Peyton Manning talk at the Pittsburgh game. Uh, that's going for eight point five. You taking the over or under there? Uh, it de- yeah, it depends on if that damn quarterback gets his eighth year of eligibility or not. You know. Uh, and then last one here: Missouri at Kansas State, a uh, former Big Twelve matchup. There, how about that? Mm, okay, all right. Hey, let me ask you. Because, you know, obviously the big game here a lot of people are going to want to talk about is Alabama and Texas. Uh, you and I, we've talked a lot here in the offseason about, uh, you know, these these teams, Oklahoma and Texas, joining the SEC next year. So do you see that as a sign that things may not progress quicker than, than expected? Or is this just, you know, scheduled right now and, and subject to change? Yeah, honestly, I wouldn't read too much into this, Shane, because this is a mm-hmm. standard procedure. This is how we do it every year in the SEC. You know, two or three weeks into the season, we release the schedule for the next year. And I uh-huh. think they have to keep that going. We can't, you know, as we all know by now, Texas and Oklahoma are currently contracted to play in the Big 12 until 2025. So, you know, there's already – potential litigation out there i don't think the right. sec can sit here and say well i know we're under you know we've, we we have texas and oklahoma on under contract coming in 2025 let's hold off on the 2022 schedule for the you know what i mean like there's just so many yeah. so many issues you're going to run into uh, I, I would imagine the big 12 will sue your pants off as soon as you uh, <laughs> announce you're waiting till uh december or whenever the heck it, they'll finally come to a decision there so I, th- I think they have to keep it business as usual. But, you know, we could be sitting here doing this here in a couple months, blowing the whole thing up with uh, Texas yeah. and Oklahoma officially coming to the SEC for next season. Again, I don't know that that's going to happen, but I certainly think uh, they're, they're doing everything they can, Texas and Oklahoma, that is, to get out of the Big 12 as soon as possible. Yeah, yeah, I'm just – I, just curious, and, and when you add two more teams to the SEC, then you say, well, 
Uh, do we, you know, do we subtract some of these non-conference games? I, I don't know. There's just right. – I'm just curious how, how that's all going to play out. Would you think we'll know something before the season's up, or do you think this is something we won't hear about until, like, December, January? Yeah, I think it'll be the off season. We'll find out for sure. Okay. I, I think uh, probably the drop-dead date will probably be when they have the spring meetings, which is mm-hmm. – I'm trying to think. I think it's in May. I think by May we'll know for sure whether it's happening this year or if it's happening a little bit earlier. Okay. All right, man. Now, how about this real quick, Shane? You know, I don't want to do a whole damn show on breaking down what's coming next year, but <laughs> week three, really, there really are some really cool games here. Penn State at Auburn. We just saw the other side of that last weekend. Ole mm-hmm. Miss at Georgia Tech. I think that's an interesting game. Mm-hmm. How about this? Miami, the real Miami at Texas A&M. Ooh. And then we've got uh, Mississippi State, LSU, Georgia, South Carolina. So week three of the schedule in the SEC is going to be pretty interesting, don't you think? Yeah, especially when they get that turnover chain out there, Miami in the third quarter when they're down 48 <laughs> points. <laughs> and then uh, one other, I just want to mention this briefly because it's, uh, I think it's week five of the season, but it's so interesting Arkansas at BYU. It's not often that we get a uh, SEC team going out to BYU. I know Tennessee scheduled to do that mm-hmm. in a couple years. I remember Mississippi State did it a couple years ago. So that's one to have on your radar as well. I mean, that's uh, that's not one of those destination games where you're going to have, you know, the nightlife is not what you – well, it is what you'd <laughs> expect it is there in Provo, but it is one heck of a uh, venue and – and the 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 setting out there is fantastic, so it might be worth the oh, trip yeah. just for that, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. I mean, this is one of those opportunities. If you've ever wanted to get out that way, you can knock it off your bucket list. Mm-hmm. But all right, Shane. Hey, we've got some games to preview here. Did SEC West on the last episode? Really wanted to hold off to have the Tennessee Homer on the show to break <laughs> down some of these uh, SEC East matchups. So. You ready to go mm-hmm. around the league? Let's do it. Now let's go around the league. Um, what, what, what is 12 personnel? You know, I, I, I got to get up two tight ends and two wide receivers or one? I, I'm just kidding. I don't know what 12 personnel is. <laughs> so about playing Alabama. I can't figure out whether or not the Big Ten and Back 12 are going to yo-yo around and play football with us or not. I mean, they're playing great. Love it. Love the game. Awesome game. It's unbelievable for our country. Uh, it's it's great for our universities. It's great for our towns when we play. It's great for our young men. Uh, you know, it, I think it's personally think it's the greatest game in the world. So if they elect to play, great. If they don't, yeah, you know, that's, that's, that's on them. I, I got enough crap to worry about with Preparing for Alabama and figuring stuff out at Mizzou. So. The team is in great spirits. I know there was a lot of doom and gloom. I saw and heard a lot about how uh, the, the hopes of our season hinged on the results of an MRI. And frankly, or frankly, that's bull crap. Uh, we've got a hell of a football team. And whether one guy's in or out, we got 117 other guys that are ready to step up no matter who's out. We got Kevin. All right, I'm not a big opening statement guy, and plus you guys are going to ask whatever you want to know anyway. So let's just go ahead and get started. Is there any questions? Young man from Duster Louisiana. Hold on a second. 
Chain got to start here in Gainesville, where the Florida Gators, you know, they obviously lost against Alabama, but kind of feels like a win in a lot of respects. Yeah. I mean, so much respect gain for not only the Florida Gators, but I think uh, some more respect for Emory Jones. And, you know, everybody, well, most everybody knows what a great coach Dan Mullen is. I think yet again, he proved that. Uh, last Saturday going head-to-head with Nick Saban, and I certainly don't think that uh, Nick Saban got the better of that battle. I think Dan Mullen did. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I think the the most fascinating stat that uh, I keep hearing it everywhere, Shane, but Florida led the nation in passing last season. I know we're not towards the end of the season yet, but Florida currently leads the country in rushing, and I think that's just a credit to what an outstanding coach Dan Mullen is and his ability – in one simple offseason to kind of flip the script and play to the strengths right. of his players. And that's going to be the challenge this weekend for Tennessee coming down there. How do you stop this Florida rushing attack? And I think it's compounded by the fact that we know Josh Heupel and company love to go, you know, as fast as they possibly can, but they're right. going to get, they're going to get in some real trouble, Shane, if they cannot move the ball and you leave your defense out to dry because this is literally the worst opponent in the country that you could leave your uh, your defense out there on. So how do you think um, Tennessee matches up with Florida's rushing attack? Well, Mike, first off, you can't spell upset without the letters U-T, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I'm just kidding. Realistically here, Mike, I, I obviously very, very worried about this game. Uh, it's a prime time game, so it's it's not like we can just sneak up on them at noon. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a game they will be ready to play. This is a you know I, I I'm not worried. About, I don't think any type of trap game uh, wouldn't surprise me. Maybe if a little sluggish out of the gate, but you're right, Mike. The best way for Tennessee to to compete with Florida is to try to force this to some sort of a shootout and. Mm-hmm. You have to you have to keep them honest, and we're going to have to connect on some of these deep balls. And if Tennessee showed me anything, you know, there's a little improvement with Hooker last week. Uh, you know, a couple of long shots, but still, that downfield presence wasn't there. And if you can't keep them honest, then they're just going to load up in that 10, 15 yard range, and you know, we're going to be three and out. And next thing you know, Florida Gators are going to be running all over our asses, and that's the last thing we want. Like you said, we don't want the Gators' offense on the field the entire game because they are that would wear your defense down in a heart. Uh, and, and these guys, if you look at Dan's teams from years past, man, he's just this is why he keeps coming up in NFL jobs because he he has that NFL mind. He he looks at his he looks at his players. Who's my best players? Okay, let's get them the ball. So we went fun and gun last year. Well, now it's the running game, and you saw that against Alabama. So. Yeah, very worried about this week, Mike. Surprised, Shane, that you're so quick to dismiss, though, the fact that, you know, there could be a letdown factor here because last week was such a huge game. I mean, how could you yeah. avoid that topic in Gainesville? And, uh, you know, we'll get to Dan Mullen's comments here in just a moment, but he's out here 
pleading with the fans to show up. He says he'll sing and dance. He'll do whatever they 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 request of him <laughs> to get them to uh, come in full force because that home field is such an advantage. Yet, you know, I don't think he's sitting. He's out here saying that, and it's not. I'm not sitting here calling out Florida because attendance, you know, in in recent years is down across the board. So, I don't know. I I think. I'm not saying the Gators are going to let down. They they certainly have a lot of seniors on this team and obviously some outstanding players. But I don't know. I think there's an op, there's a chance that uh, after laying it all on the line against Alabama and coming up just short, I think there's a chance they're overlooking Tennessee. Hell, uh, Dan Mullen spoke for 30 minutes. He, uh, once again, maybe this, this seems like a, an annual thing we're noting here, but he only got one Tennessee question. So, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. You, you think it's totally overblown that Florida's going to overlook Tennessee? <laughs> well, Mike, I mean, I'm a Tennessee fan, all right? <laughs> I mean, this ain't my first Gator game. <laughs> it, it, it's, 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 been, it's been a tough – it's been a tough go watching them. I mean, you think the closest we got was – uh, I mean, obviously, a few years back, we had the big upset there in Neyland. That was awesome. Uh, you think about Dobbs and uh, in, in some of the matches that he had, he kept it close, you know, just pure athleticism. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, Mike, I'm also a realist. You know, I, I don't, I don't want to – I don't want to put the cart in front of the horse here, but we've got we got a rebuild going on in Knoxville. And I, I know a lot of Vol fans don't want to hear that, but the Gators are there. You saw it. They went toe to toe with Alabama last week. Can we? That's something that right now I am not convinced that we have the 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 roster to do. So, Mike, I, I yeah, I get it. They're, the the whole letdown, the whole trap game feel, whatever. But the the fact of the matter is, think about this is what I'm worried about, Mike. I'm worried about AR coming out there on the field here in the second quarter and just blowing us up because if you think about some of the the Florida Tennessee games years past, it always seems like that backup quarterback comes in at the right time and then we make him look like a hero and a Heisman candidate. So I, I mean, I've been hurt. <laughs> I mean, I've been hurt by this game a lot. So uh, and it's not that I don't want to root for my boys because I will. I root for them all the way to the end. But uh, you know, I gotta I gotta be a, a I gotta be realistic, Mike. This is gonna be the toughest matchup that we may face this year. Mm -hmm. All right, well, let's kick it over to what uh, Dan Mullen had to say here leading up to the week on, uh, you know, asking the fans to show up and on his ability to adapt to his personnel. And he does give uh, an update here on Anthony Richardson's status after missing the Alabama game. We don't, we don't get to see the swamp like that very often, probably not often enough for you. What can you do? What do you think, other than winning, what, do you, what can you do to make it like that? you know, every other week or every time out? I don't know. I mean, I, I put on my marketing hat real quick. And, um, you know, I mean, I, 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 I just hope, you know, I mean, it, it is fun. I, I, I certainly, you know, obviously the, the end of the game didn't come out the way we want to, but the environment of being in a college football stadium, uh, the environment of being, you know, to that type of environment, that excitement to our student body. I mean, if you're a college student – I don't know how much that that that's got to be just fun to even be in that environment, that energy, that excitement that everybody just feels that while they were there. Um, you know, I think that's a huge thing. And I think, you know, I, 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 there's passionate Gator fans out there. And I think they, they need to understand that they are critical in 
the success of this team. They have an important role, you know, by showing up and creating that energy, that environment, that excitement, like they've done for the first two games. You know, I mean, you go back game one, it was a great environment. Uh, obviously, you know, last Saturday was a, was a crazy environment. And, and, you know, we keep that going. I think it does nothing but help. Uh, helps the current team, helps the program long term. And I certainly hope everybody enjoys being in there and feeling that energy and excitement and being a part of, of, uh, of that game day environment. Um, don't take this as an indictment on last year's running or this year's passing, but <laughs> have you ever been part of this kind of dramatic turnaround? I mean, you led the nation in passing last year, you're number two in the nation in running this year. I mean, how do you, how do you explain that? Other than, you know, patting um, yourself on the back. No, I, 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 it really isn't that. It, it is, you know, I, I think it, it just shows within what we've done. And uh, fortunately, you know, running, ha having kind of built this offense a long, long time ago and being there from the beginning, being there through all the different changes of it throughout the years. Um, when you understand the offense inside now, the, the, the key to it learning through the years is making sure that we had the flexibility to match our players and our personnel. You know, I, I don't think I, I, I've, I've, I've learned, you know, and I probably through many years and many mistakes, um, you learn to sit there and say, hey, okay, oh, we have this great system. And, but the worst thing I can ever say as a coach is I have a great system, but it doesn't fit the players that we have. So I guess we just, it won't work. Uh, ours is to always make sure it has enough adap adap adaptability. Okay, there we go. Adaptability within the system uh, to make sure it fits whatever our personnel is at a given time. And, um, you know, so I, I bet we have, if you probably look back through the years, there's, there's, there's sways back and forth. Um, and it's still early in the year. I mean, you know, I mean, it, it, I, I think statistics sometimes sway one way or the other a little bit earlier and balance out a little bit more as the year goes on. Um, but it's just us us doing what our guys do well. And, and then one more um, basic question on Tennessee. What jumps out to you when you watch the first couple games under Heifel? You know what, I, boy, they're, defensively, they're certainly uh, playing hard. You know, I watch the guys play hard. I mean, they're, they're, they're very, uh, very physical up front, play really fast, get off the ball uh, on the defensive front. Uh, guys running the ball, the, the, um, the energy they're playing with defensively. Uh, you know, I mean, the, uh, you know, you look at, at two of the games, they've held opponents under six points. Um, and guys flying around and then offensively they do a good job of getting the ball to playmakers in space you know and the uh of spreading you out playing with tempo and uh you know and spreading the ball around um you know a lot of different guys with catches on the team they're going to spread it to a lot of different people and so uh um you know i mean it's going to be a big challenge for us to make sure that we're we're, we're playing at an extremely high level Hey, Dan, is there, uh, is there any more testing that Anthony's going to have to go through before he's ready to play? I know you said you were feeling a little more positive. Absolutely, yeah. We're going to test everything out again this week, um, you know, through the week. Uh, be a very similar approach, you know, we'll probably do a little bit more practice. He practiced all week, you know, and th that, that's what gets into it. Like, he was cleared to play in the game, but there's a big difference between I'm cleared to play in the game, I'm not going to be 100%, but I can't make the injury worse, and – I'm cleared to play in the game. I'm not 100%, and this one- to two-week injury could turn into a six-week injury. 
And those are always big differences. And so, uh, you know, for us, we'll see how he responds this week. And hopefully uh, with, with the type of, you know, when, when, when you're looking at a, at a hamstring issue, uh, we did an MRI on Friday. Uh, it came back much better than we thought it would be. Uh, but, you know, not still at 100%. So we wanted to be pretty precautious to, you know, in, in, in meeting with the medical staff that there was there was a pretty solid feeling if he didn't play in the game and we continue, we're ahead of where we were, that he would be 100% by this Saturday. All right, Shane, so let's uh, kick it over to the other side of this one, Tennessee. And, you know, I think um, I'm so surprised to see so many Tennessee fans you know, it's not everybody, and, and maybe I'm just seeing some negativity and I'm reading too much into it, but uh, last time I checked, Shane, you know, not that the competition has been great, but Tennessee scored 128 points so far this season. I think that's third or fourth best in the SEC, and I think the mm-hmm. defense has been a lot better than most people anticipated. You know, I saw this tweet from John Reed. I'll throw it up here on the screen, but, you know, he said, what is it? that Josh Heupel has to avoid in his first Florida game? And I thought that was a terrific question. Uh, So I'll ask it to you, Shane. What is something, even Tennessee Homer like yourself, I don't, don't, we just said uh, you sound pretty depressed just talking about this game. So (laughs) I know you're not, you know, guaranteeing a Tennessee win by any means, but I don't think it would be like the biggest upset in the world if it did happen. But taking that into consideration, what is it that you'll be uh, looking for in this game, and, and what do you want to see from a Josh Heupel coach team in his first matchup against Florida? Well, what I want to see from Heupel, for starters, is you know this is his first year. This is a lot of a lot of kids on this on this program never never played against Florida. They don't know the history like you and me. Um, I, I think that's the biggest thing. Is like you go in thinking you're going to lose. Well, you're going to lose. Right. And, and I think one thing Tennessee's shown us, even though uh, they lost that game to Pitt, man, they had a, they had freaking heart, dude, and and they were scrappy and they fought to the very end. Did they make mistakes? Absolutely, they made a lot of mistakes. And if they didn't make half those mistakes, we probably would have had a victory there. And uh, so I just think going into this Florida game, what we got to do is is have fun, man. I know it sounds that sounds stupid, but. Don't don't get conservative. Don't, if you're gonna air it out, you know I I'd love the fact. Listen, I was I was heartbroken when Milton threw it a mile past our open <laughs> receivers. You know what I'm saying? I was just like, oh my god! But it was there, and that's what you gotta have. And, and who knows? I, I, sometimes the stars align and, and everything just goes your way. If they come out there and Florida does come out flat and, and they have a, a script of run the ball, play defense, but Tennessee scoring on every other drive just because they're catching some of them long balls or just some good play calling, I think that's the key, Mike, is don't get conservative because it's a, 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 because it's a tougher opponent than you've, you've faced this year. Come out slinging, man. And if you can't find that chemistry, don't be afraid to throw in another quarterback and find somebody that can. Because we looked at this at like Garantano last few years. He's he, something. Something was going on in practice, and Pruitt was saying this is our guy. But then when it got to the the lights on, the noise, he just couldn't make it happen. Some people play better than they do practicing. So 
That's what I want to see. If we're going to start rotating some quarterbacks, let's do it earlier. And, and if Hooker's not getting the job done, put somebody else in there. And if we're getting our asses smoked, that's okay. Keep airing it out. Keep trying to work. There's no better practice than going against a team like the Florida Gators. Yeah, you may not win, but you may learn something. And who knows, you may catch them just on the right day. So, uh, miracles happen. Look look last week, man. Kentucky Kentucky was going toe-to-toe with uh, UTC. I, I mean, think about that, Mike. They, I, they, they said that they're ranked two or second from the bottom in their own conference. Mm-hmm. Th- those two teams didn't th- – that shouldn't have been a ball game, but it was. So, I, I think that's what Tennessee has to do is just – Forget the records. Forget all that shit that I said here at the start of this show. Go out there. Have some fun. You probably think that you don't belong. Whatever, man. Just go out there and sling the rock. And next thing you know, I mean, if you can get in some sort of shootout, that's something the Florida Gators haven't had to do yet. Yeah, and I think the most important thing you hit on there, Shane, it's almost flipping the script from last week with Florida. Mm -hmm. Tennessee has got to believe they can win this football game. And, you know, we said no one – well, hardly anyone thinks that they can compete and beat Alabama. It's Uh – Florida is basically Tennessee's Alabama. I know they still got to play Alabama, (laughs) but uh, this is a game Tennessee fans, you know, I think year after year. I mean, at this point they're just – they just are – you know, they face the fact they're going to get – they're going to lose, and if they keep it close, they'll probably get embarrassed by the end. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? So, and I think that trickles down to the coaches and the players, and this is a a new era of Tennessee, a lot of fresh faces on this team, a lot of transfers. So, this will be their first Florida game, and you just got to hope that, uh, you know, they don't have that mentality. They believe they can win, and maybe they can uh, start – have a clean slate, so to speak – win this Florida Gator series. You know what? Well, and you think about the staff that we just had. Pruitt played conservative going into games like this. He didn't want to lose big. That's what it felt like. It it didn't feel like we went out there to win. It just felt like we went out there to not lose by as many as Vegas is predicting. So I, I don't want my coach to do that, man. There's a reason we brought you up here. We want to be different. We want to be – I mean, look at teams like Ole Miss right now. scoring. I mean, just scoring at will. Three-minute drives. It They didn't do it overnight, but it, it, it slowly became that, and now they're they're just a, a machine. So that's what we've got to create, and we've got to create that environment. And like you said, you don't get out there doing that by running – First, every day, I mean, think about that. Every time Pruitt got out there, it was, let's, let's just run it off the right guard here and see, we'll see what happens, you know. <laughs> no, you just wasted a play. Air that damn thing out and throw it 40 yards down the field. It may connect. Guess what, man? That takes the crowd noise out of it immediately. Coach, if, if Joe is healthy, is he your starter, or do you have a quarterback I, competition I, I, this week? I never speak in hypotheticals. Um, got a little bit of work uh, last week. Uh, we'll find out where he is in particular, um, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday here and, and see where we're at at that point as far as whether he'll be able to, to play or not. Josh, you, you've talked about your, your offense maybe. You wanted to, to play faster to execute crisper. How, how many moving parts are there to that? How many things are there that you're looking at saying, I want that to, to be better so this thing can go uh, faster? We, we want, when we're playing with tempo, we want to be more efficient. And that can be ball mechanics, it can be eyes, it can be alignment, assignment. All of those things can help us play quicker when we're playing within our tempo. 
even when we're not playing in our tempo, the execution execution can be higher. You guys have seen opportunities that uh, present themselves, in particular in the pass game, vertical pass game, um, that, uh, that we have to start hitting. We're capable of it, seen us do it. Uh, it's time to go execute that on the field. Yeah, Josh, on the, uh, the missed vertical routes the other day, the, the passing game, you said you want your guys to grow out of that. Uh, have you been in a situation in the past where guys struggled to complete those balls early on and then, and then improved on it later yeah, in the year? As you get further in, uh, in the number of times that you've played, the more looks that you've seen uh, as you continue to grow, uh, absolutely have seen that transpire in my career. All right, Shane, so let's uh, kick it down to the other matchup here in the SEC East here. Let's kick it down to Lexington first. Where Kentucky, Shane, coming off a uh, an ugly, ugly win. But uh, as Mark Stoop says, you never apologize for a win, at least uh, not in the SEC. Uh, barely squeaking by UT Chattanooga. Now the competition gets a lot tougher, and this will be the first road game for the Kentucky Wildcats. So the biggest thing for me is we need to figure out if last game against Chattanooga was a fluke, if maybe our guys were reading their press clippings. Everybody thinks, you know, Kentucky is now an SEC East contender, which they certainly didn't look like it last week. But because they won, you know, they still got everything in front of them. And going back and watching that UTC game, I mean, plays are there to be made. I mean, they're they're getting to the quarterback. They're just not bringing them down. Uh, there's miscues here, a, a interception here that can't happen, a fumble there that can't happen. Uh, I think Kentucky only ran like eight or nine plays, something crazy like that in, in uh, portions of the second half there. So, you know, we got to find out. Uh, and I think the biggest key for me, which was incredibly troubling, was we could there was no push on the, this offensive line that we touted up a year-round against UTC. Now you're going up against the South Carolina Gamecock team where, you know, we just found out against Georgia. They're far from where they want to be all around the roster, but they have the defensive line that you need to compete Mm -hmm. in the SEC. I mean, this is the biggest matchup maybe of the weekend here when you're just talking one position group against another. Kentucky's offensive line, South Carolina's defensive line, who wins that battle uh, will may in fact win this game, and then it's it, like I said, it's all compounded by the fact that uh, you know this is going to be a night game at South Carolina. If they find a way to jump out to a lead early, it could be a long, long night for Kentucky here. What are your thoughts uh, on this matchup? Yeah, I I think nobody has had a tougher practice than that offensive line there in Lexington, man. I, I know you can't apologize for a win, but I, I guarantee those big boys were ready to apologize at the end of practice because you know their coach was lighting into their ass. You know that they've been reading them clippings, man. You and me, have how many times have we talked about how great this offensive line is? And, and I'm watching this game, and I, I'm seeing, like you said, no push. They should have just owned that team. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even close. You look at the size comparison. It's not even close. But when you got – New offensive line. Uh, you've got to work on a chemistry, man. You need to know what your buddy to the right and the left are going to do and, and, and not have to think about it. You just know they're going to do their job because, you know, all it, it's a, a game is, is, is just moments. I mean, think about that. I, I can't remember which coach talked about that, but he says, hey, think about this for a second. There's 11 players on that field. If one guy 
drops the ball and has a mistake, it affects the entire game. Think about that. You every play you go, all you need. If you yeah, you may only have four or five mistakes, but if everybody on that team had four or five mistakes, you had you had a terrible ball game. So you can't afford to do that. And I think that's what they need to work on and, and come out. They gotta come out firing, Mike. And I and I'd like to see the attitude. They, they we need somebody to step up on the front of that line and take leadership because that that needs to be a, a point of emphasis because there's no reason they couldn't do it against UTC and there's no reason they shouldn't be able to do it against South Carolina either, even though they do got a good defensive front. But I'm telling you, if they can't get it against Chattanooga, they're going to struggle this week or when they go to South Carolina. Yeah, and, and you know, one – I know it's a – you know, we're say, we say it's a new Kentucky. This may be the best team Mark Stoops ever had. Look at his road record in the SEC play, Shane. Overall, 8-25. and 25. And you may say, well, you know, he was building the thing up. I get that. So we, we don't totally hold that against him. But even the last two years, 1-7 and seven on the road mm-hmm. in the SEC. Again, Kentucky says this is a new era. They're ready to compete in the East. You know, all due respect to South Carolina – you can't lose to South Carolina if you're trying to win the SEC East. So right. uh, this is, you know, an opportunity for Mark Stoops and company to prove that uh, last week was a fluke. That you know their recent history in the SEC was a fluke. But I guarantee it, uh, William Bryce is not going to make it easy on them. They're going to be all <laughs> over their ass. So um, I can, I cannot wait for that. Uh, and let let's kick it over to Mark Stoops, who talks about uh, you know getting his team ready for that crowd. Maybe the best comments of the week so far here in the SEC when asked about uh, Liam Cohen and asked about uh, Will Muschamp if he had you know how big of an impact he had last week, knowing that South Carolina roster. Mark, I'm not a coach, so it always intrigues me how tough coaches are on themselves after a game like that. Liam, I mean, he said he sucked. That was his words, not mine. He said he didn't plan well. He didn't uh, call a good game. He got greedy. He didn't put people in proper positions. How are we kind of supposed to interpret that? I mean, the Heimann's not over, is it? Well, uh, you know, Liam's been a little bit hard on himself, you know, that way. Um, That's, you know, you got to realize you can't give you guys all those nuggets. So, uh, <laughs> you know, because I, I don't mean this in any way to undermine what you all do because I appreciate you. But it's like you can't do that because when you want to use it against them, you will. True or not true? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, so you, you know, and, and so you can't, you got to learn. Believe me, I bite my tongue. We want to be honest. You could tell I try to be honest with you, with the way I talk, with what we say, with you know frustration, being honest, uh, without giving you those nuggets. So he'll learn that because you want sooner or later you guys are going to pull those words out and run them over with a bus. Season last year, it's been almost two years since you guys have played in front of a packed house in a room game. Do you do anything different? Yeah, I do. I, I do. It's make make these guys aware of it, you know, because we do have two classes and a significant amount of guys that haven't been in this environment, and we're going to address it. I mean, I'm not going to worry, you know, overdo it, but, yeah, they have to understand. You know, and I could go to the game. I need to pull it out. As a matter of fact, I want to pull it out, but, I mean, two two times ago we go down there. First play of the game, bam, place erupts, goes nuts. We throw an interception in the first possession, bam, it goes nuts. Settle in. We 
take full control the rest of the whole first half but you got to take those shots sometimes in these environments it gets and they do they just need to understand that hey if we get hit on the chin you got to you got to stand back up and and play the next play so it, we talk about it just make them aware but i don't need to overdo it that's funny <laughs> you think anything had to do with it those beasts that georgia has on their team <laughs> just a little This is a different team, you know, different mentality, you know. So, I mean, Will, I love Will and have a great respect for Will and friends with Will, but, I mean, Georgia's got pretty good players. All right, Shane, so Mark Stoops wouldn't have that. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I thought that would be a perfect transition here to South Carolina. Yeah, you got worked last weekend there against Georgia, but I guarantee it. The Gamecocks will not be the last team that gets worked by the Georgia Bulldogs this season, and, and particularly Jordan Davis and company. Uh, I mean, it's going to be a long damn day for anybody that faces that unit. And, uh, you know, Shane Beamer says this week the team has responded in practice. They look great. The energy is still there. So, uh, you know, this is going to be a – we hear that all the time. And it sometimes it shows up on Saturday, sometimes it doesn't. So, mm -hmm. you know, the fact that uh, – new era here in South Carolina. I think that is kind of the biggest question is how does this team respond to their first true adversity after starting the season two and zero? And one thing that has brought a lot of praise, a lot of happiness from Gamecock nation, Shane, Luke Doty is going to start for the first time mm -hmm. this season for the South Carolina Gamecock. So you're going to get, I think a lot more of the, of the playbook and just the, obviously the mobility from the quarterback position. So I would, wager that South Carolina's got a lot of their offensive playbook that they've not even really been able to showcase and maybe they wanted to do it against Georgia but of course you can't right. do it when those like as Mark Stoop says them beasts <laughs> are on you you know you, you certainly right. can't use the playbook when, when you're getting blown up so uh thoughts on that matchup yeah and, and you can't you can't use these running backs either I, I think that's the biggest one Mike for so many so many times I'm watching and and the box is just loaded because that's what South Carolina is going to do. But now you got Luke out there that can air it out, make this team a little bit, I want to say three-dimensional. And, and the reason I'm saying that is because, let's not forget, man, Luke's got some legs, and he can get exciting outside the pocket. And that's something that they've not had the ability to do. So um, that's just the, the script – It's. They just don't have the film on it. They, I mean, they can watch a little bit of last year's film, but they, they've never seen it with this offense. So there's just the, the uncertainty of Kentucky coming in. They really don't know what South Carolina is going to bring to the table. And I think that's one of the biggest advantages that they're going to have this week is the element of surprise. And then you factor the, 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 the loud-ass fan base, man. Mm -hmm. I, you kidding? When they start doing sandstorm, don't think this place ain't going to be jumping and Kentucky's not had to deal with that. Yeah, and speaking of that crowd noise, Shade, a little clip here from uh, Drew Franklin. He's shared this video of uh, uh, just what's going on up there at Kentucky with the practice of, of get the sandstorm and all that. <laughs> and then uh, we'll kick it over to Shane Beamer's comments 
on the other side. And, you know, it's their first, first away game uh, for them for sure, and we need to have it make that a great environment on, on Saturday night. So, Gamecock Nation, listen to me. We need you there early. We need Gamecock Walk to be even bigger and louder than what it was last time. We need the cockpit to be louder and more disruptive than it's ever been. We need an environment Saturday night uh, that will be a true home field advantage for us and a true 12th man out there, loud and boisterous. If you're wearing a mask, great. You ought to be yelling so loud that the sound from your voice tears a hole in the mask. I don't even know if that's humanly possible, but let's sure as heck try. Uh, we can, uh, you can be an advantage for us. We're all in this thing together, and we will need you on Saturday night. Get there early. We've got a fantastic group of recruits that are coming, and we need you to go get this done. Shana, after three games, when you've looked at some of the offensive line struggles, is it a, a scheme complication thing? Is it calls at the line from the center of the quarterback? Just is there, you know, a couple of problems that you guys have identified and can correct? Yeah, we got to be better. It starts with us as coaches. We got to coach better. Um, um, Saturday night was was not good in a lot of ways, us included as coaches. Um, you know, there were some. There certainly. Uh, that place was rocking on Saturday night. Like we need our place to be rocking on Saturday night. Um, and we had some, certainly some miscommunication. Uh, you guys watched the video. I mean, we had a play where we got two guys blocking a run and we had three guys blocking a pass and that can't happen. I mean, that, that's not good football and that starts with us as coaches and, and that's being able to communicate at the line of scrimmage and the quarterbacks being louder, uh, getting plays in on time. So it, it all starts with us as coaches, me, as the head coach. Um, and then, frankly, I mean, there was some busts, without a doubt, particularly in pass protection, you know, where we flat out turned some guys free uh, that we should have been blocking, uh, without a doubt, that cost us. They were critical plays. And and then, like I said earlier, sometimes it's just going to be uh, it's a one-on-one battle and, and there's a winner and a loser, and sometimes we won and sometimes we lost. And when we lost, it's very glaring. So I think it's a combination of things, Dave, and – and uh, but it starts with us as coaches and, and making sure that, you know, we don't beat ourselves and, and give Georgia a lot of credit. But we certainly did not um, execute at a high level uh, offensively, not just the offensive line, but offensively on Saturday night. And, and we got to be more efficient. Shane, have the guys responded uh, this week the way you wanted to see? What's what's the attitude been like and and how do you feel about their response? I really feel really, really, really good um, right now. Now, uh, you hope that equates to Saturday night, but uh, everyone was disappointed after the game. Uh, Sunday was, I mean, we, it was a quiet bus ride back on Saturday night. I mean, I was up watching the tape on my iPad. I'm sure everybody else was sleeping, but it was a quiet bus ride back. And Sunday was, uh, we came in here and, I mean, we're brutally honest with the guys and, and what went well, what didn't go well. But I think they saw on tape that give Georgia a lot of credit. They're a phenomenal team. But, you know, we had every opportunity to make that thing 14 to 10 or 14 to 13 in the second quarter. And then uh, obviously didn't handle the end of the second, end of the first half, beginning of the second half well, starting with me. And it, it kind of got out of hand. But, um, 
proud of the guys, and they showed it. They they saw how physical they played, and we've got to always be able to do that. Practice on Sunday night was was uh, was good, and then this morning, I mean, it was fantastic. We um, um, the tempo, the energy, the the sense of urgency that we had out there, the focus. Um, honestly was one of our better Tuesday practices that we've had since we started the season against Eastern Illinois. Now we got to get better on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, but it gives me hope that, you know, our guys are in the right place mentally and understand that uh, we got a chance to be a good football team, but we got to get a whole lot better this week. Uh, assuming everything's okay with, with Luke and his foot, is he, is he the guy moving forward at quarterback? Is yeah, he'll uh, assuming everything is good with Luke. He will be our starting quarterback on, on Saturday night. And, all right, Shay. So, oh man, Shay Bieber fired up for this one, and you know, here's his first opportunity to get uh, another. Well, his first, yeah, his first opportunity to get an SEC win, get it at home, and certainly, you know, if you're looking at the bet nods, it would be an upset, but not a major one. It, it's only, I think, five mm-hmm. point spread right now. So, certainly possible that South Carolina gets a win, but I guarantee you. They cannot do it without those fans, and I think that's why Shane Beamer made such a point there to call attention to those amazing South Carolina fans. It's at night. They're going to be good and liquored up. This is what it's all about. You know what? This is what it's all about, man. This is something that we've not got to experience, but now we're starting to see it a little bit more as we get into these. I mean, you think about last week watching that uh, Alabama-Florida game, man. It was just so nice to hear the fans just, I mean, just giving them hail. And I think that's yeah. what you, you got. You had Bryce out there. You had trouble, you know, I mean, new time. I mean, Kentucky, same situation, man. Some of these guys have not heard the noise. And if these fans go out there and they they rain down on them, I mean, it's about this game's about opportunities and and, and momentum. And, and and the crowd is the one that, that can help the most by creating a, just a chaotic atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Well, Shane, uh, that's all I got, buddy, on this episode. So, uh, do you got anything before we hop off the line? No, Mike. Uh, I, that's pretty much it. Like I said, I, I'm, I'm excited about this weekend. Um, you know, no news is good news. I, I, I think that's the the key too. I, I, it seems like, knock on wood, it's been a pretty good, pretty good, healthy year so far. And um, I just, I hope that continues. But man, I don't know, Mike. It just feels like upset is in the air. And I don't know if it's the Florida Gators. I don't know. It could be somebody else, but I don't know. I think that I think we get a big old surprise this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, before, obviously we still got a couple more shows to wrap up the week, but uh, already lined up an Arkansas guest just confirmed a Texas A&M guest. So the big game here in the SEC this weekend – We'll have both of the sides covered before the weekend's up. And that's, you know, I'm excited about all these games, but that one in particular, Arkansas, Texas A&M, so much on the line. The winner probably going to be top 10. Hell, Texas A&M's already in the top 10. But if Arkansas finds a way to end that nine-year streak, I say put them in the top 10. If Texas A&M wins it, keep them in there, raise them in the, in the polls. You know what? So uh, just a mm-hmm. tremendous show down there in Arlington. And uh, I'm looking forward to those interviews. Hell yeah, Mike. Uh, let me ask you one last thing before we get off here. Uh, this weekend, going to mm-hmm. be a big weekend, of course, but uh, 
is college game day. I'm I missed that. Are they going to be at this A&M game, or they they pick some other? No, I I can't remember the one conference. they they picked, but it was I think it's some Big Ten, who gives a damn oh, type man. game. <laughs> I got you. All right. Well, they messed up there. I think that I think that A and M Arkansas game is going to be electric. But uh, that's all I got, man. Yeah, and even the uh, the SEC Network version they they they're going to South Carolina for the Kentucky game. So still. A lot on the line for that one as well, but it, interesting that they missed an opportunity to, to cover this Arkansas-Texas A&M game, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Okay, well. But all right, Shay, that's all I got on this episode. Catch you on the next one. All right, see you guys. Go balls. Upset. <laughs>